Welcome to this endo life. I'm Jessica Duffin. I'm an endo warrior, an endo health coach, and this podcast is all about living and thriving with endometriosis. As always, this podcast is here for educational purposes only. Please consult your medical practitioner before making any nutritional changes or bringing in any supplements. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to give a shout out to my lovely sponsors at BU. And I wanted to tell you about their new bath bombs, which are naturally made and contain beautiful essential oils. And their peppermint and eucalyptus essential oils um, bath bomb is doing so well right now with endometriosis community. They're getting loads of feedback about it. And, you know, if you love the patches themselves you're going to love the bath bombs because essentially it's <laughs> the patch in a bath bomb um so you know if you're on your period or if you're in pain you could have a bath with some of the bath bombs or one of them I don't know you could have multiple if you want um and then yeah get out the bath maybe rub in some cbd balm and put your patch on top, which is um, what a lot of people are feeding back that they're doing. So um, I would love to do that, but um, I don't have a bath, so I can't. But if you have a bath, um, then, you know, I think these new bath bombs could be a lovely way to help alleviate some of your pain. So if you'd like to check them out, you can go to BU, which is buonline.co.uk, And you can also order them from anywhere in the world on cultbeauty.co.uk and they deliver worldwide. Hi, everyone. So this is a bite-sized episode. I'm doing more of those because you guys seem to be enjoying them. So expect practical tips and easy to digest information without all the deep dive science, which can sometimes be a bit overwhelming. If you are after more information, I've linked to some further reading in the show notes. The Christmas season is typically a time of excess for those who celebrate. And even for those who don't, New Year's is right around the corner. For many people, we increase our intake of sugar, alcohol, processed foods, etc. And that is okay. This episode isn't about judgment. I love Christmas, including all the food that comes with it. But for many of us, the result can be more pain and a worse period come January due to heightened inflammation levels. So today's episode is all about how to lower the impact of added sugars and blood sugar spike in foods to lessen inflammation and hormonal imbalances. Now, these are just options and ideas if, and only if, you want to try anything to help balance blood sugar levels during the festive period. But you don't have to do all of them or any of them. And if you do choose to try some of them, remember to fit them into your lifestyle in a way that works for you so you're not stressing about it all, rather than you trying to fit your lifestyle around these tips. My first tip you've heard me say a million times, and this is more about balancing blood sugar overall rather than how to manage eating lots of sugar. But this step is at the heart of balancing blood sugar, so I wanted to start here. So 
make sure you have fat, fiber, complex carbs, and protein on your plate, and consider your ratios. Ideally, we want to fill half your plate with veggies, that's your fiber, a quarter of your plate with protein, so that's meat or plant-based protein, a quarter of your plate with complex carbs, so that's foods like beans, whole grains, or root veg, and then two heaped tablespoons of a healthy fat. Now, if we're thinking about what many people eat on Christmas Day, at least in the UK where I'm from, we're typically eating a roast dinner. So that's quite easy to achieve some nice ratios from. There's lots of veggies to fill half your plate with, like carrots, cabbage, greens, etc. And then you could have a quarter of your plate filled with roast turkey, beef, or whatever plant-based protein you're having. And then your roast potatoes would be your complex carbs. Now, if you're having a Yorkshire pudding or bread sauce, something like that, those would come under simple or refined carbs, and they can spike blood sugar quite quickly. So I would try to share that quarter of the plate between those carb sources rather than adding those as like additions on top of this. So just to be clear what I mean, the potatoes, the Yorkshire pudding, and the bread pudding would fill a quarter of the plate. They would be your complex carbs, but they're not just complex carbs, right? You've kind of got a mix of complex and simple carbs there. Now, fat-wise, it's a little less obvious with a roast dinner, but there may be some nuts in your stuffing, they count as fat, and you've probably cooked your roast potatoes in some kind of fat as well. But it is worth just adding in some additional fat to ensure you have enough to balance blood sugar. And a simple fat that could work well with roast dinner could be adding some grass-fed organic butter to your veggies, or eating a handful or two of nuts before your main meal, which I think I always do by default because my mum always puts like nuts around the house on Christmas day. So everyone just snacks on them. And by the time it's the roast dinner's ready, everyone's full. (laughs) Now, remember, if this is making you feel stressed about your delicious Christmas dinner, please do not worry about it and just enjoy yourself. I promise you, your Christmas dinner is not the like, is not the issue around festive eating. It's full of veggies, it's full of proteins, it's full of complex carbs, it's full of fiber. It's, you know, there are much worse things you could be eating for your blood sugar. So please don't stress about it. Number two is doing some kind of movement after carby meals or sugary foods to help use up some of that glucose and therefore prevent a spike. You could go for a wintry walk with a family, which I always try to convince my family to do every year, but it rarely happens. I just think it kind of sounds nice and cozy to do, but no one ever wants to do it. Or you could clear the table and get some dishes washed or whatever it is that works well in your day and doesn't feel like you're punishing yourself on Christmas day for enjoying your dessert or your dinner or something. Because remember, we want these tools and methods to help you feel better, not worse. Number three is to eat fiber slash fat slash protein with or before a sugary food. So for example, if you're about to tuck into a rich chocolatey dessert, could you drizzle it in some nut butter to add some fat, protein, or fiber? Or if you're about to eat some chocolates or sweets, could you eat some nuts first or have some chia seeds or a source of protein? Or a very simple strategy is to just eat your sweet treats after meals as it takes longer for the sugar to hit your system because your body is already working on breaking down the fat, the fiber, and the protein from your meal. Tip number four is if you like to bake and cook, could you try experimenting with low sugar or sugar-free desserts? 
There are lots of recipes that use fruit sweeteners like apple puree. And whilst apple puree can still spike blood sugar, it contains more fiber than a refined sugar like coconut sugar or white table sugar. So that lowers the spike a little. Additionally, if it was made with a recipe that had more fat and fiber and protein than sweet foods usually do, so for example, the recipe included ground almonds versus just plain flour, that would also work to lessen the blood sugar spike. Alternatively, you could use natural sugar-free sweeteners that don't spike insulin levels or glucose levels. And my favorites are allulose and monk fruit. As it stands, these two are the least disruptive to our gut microbiome. Pretty much every sweetener affects the gut microbiome, and that includes straight up regular sugar. Sugar actually increases intestinal inflammation and negatively affects the gut microbiome significantly. So the fear-mongering around sugar alternatives and the gut is really not given the full story. Having said that, sweetener like erythritol or any sugar alcohol do cause extra fermentation in the gut. So eating lots of a sugar alcohol can cause gas, IBS issues, etc. And I wouldn't recommend eating that regularly or at all if you are someone with SIBO or IBS. However, allulose and monk fruit at present are the two that are seemingly the least reactive gut-wise and well-tolerated by people with IBS and SIBO. Though, of course, every person is different, so listen to your body. They also have little to no known side effects. And in fact, monk fruit has some positive effects on the health, including anti-inflammatory properties. Monk fruit is very, very sweet, and it doesn't granulate like sugar unless it's mixed with something like a erythritol. So it's better used to sweeten hot chocolate, sauces, homemade ice cream, etc. But if you need granulated sugar, then allulose is great for that, and is pretty much a one-to-one -one sugar replacement. That's how I use it, and it's great. Again, these are sweeteners and processed foods, so we don't want to be eating these every day of our lives, but they can be a great alternative to sugar when we want to indulge. Finally, you could also utilize blood sugar-supportive tools or supplements during the holiday season. Chromium picolinate or berberine phytosome are two of the best supplements for improving blood sugar levels. It doesn't mean you won't react to eating lots of sugar, but they can help to stabilize your blood sugar levels overall, which will mean less inflammation and hormonal disruption. If you don't fancy supplements, a very simple hack is to drink one tablespoon of apple cider vinegar in water within 15 minutes before a sugary food or starchy meal. But, and thanks to the glucose goddess for bringing that one to my attention. Not an ad, I just want to give credit where credit is due. Drinking apple cider vinegar before sugary or starchy meals has been shown in the research to lessen blood sugar spikes, though make sure you drink through a straw as vinegar can be very harsh on your teeth and can damage enamel. And if you have bladder pain, I don't recommend drinking vinegar because it can be quite harsh on the bladder lining for some people. Okay, so that's it. I've linked to a few of the brands that I use for allulose, monk fruit, and the supplements in my show notes. None of these are affiliates or gave me any commission. They're just what I use personally, so I thought it might be helpful. I really hope you enjoy this festive season and that these tips help. Just a reminder that this episode is sponsored by BU. These natural patches last for 12 hours, so they bring you prolonged relief and can begin working on relaxing your muscles before the pain kicks in, so you're prepared even if your period comes during the middle of the day. 
Some people even find that wearing them a night before their period can really help soothe the inflammation in the area. To shop, just head to link in my show notes. So if you found this episode helpful and you want to learn more about living well with endo or you'd like some further help, I wanted to remind you of the resources I have available to you and how you can work with me if you'd like to. So I obviously have hundreds of these episodes for you to binge on. And I do have two free columns. So one on endometriosis net and one on endometriosis news. And there are countless articles on there to help you thrive. You can also sign up to my newsletter for tips and updates. I have a digital cookbook and nutrition guide, This Endo Life, It Starts With Breakfast, which you can download for just $9.99. And if you want to go that step further, I have short and budget-friendly masterclasses in nutrition, surgery prep and recovery, and natural pain relief. I also have a DIY course, Live and Thrive with Endo, The Foundations, which you can sign up to at any time at a really affordable price point and you have lifetime access to. So you can go at your own pace and literally look back at it years down the line. This four module course will provide you with the most effective yet easy to digest tools and strategies to reduce your pain, fatigue, endo belly, brain fog and hormonal symptoms and allow you to live your life again. Each lesson includes the core foundational needle movers that I have seen work for my clients time and time and time again. You get all the essential information that you need to be endo without the overwhelm. Finally, you can apply to work with me one-to-one. This is my most advanced and personalized offer, so I only take a handful of clients. To find out the details and the application process, head to my coaching page. The links to all of these resources and ways to work with me are in the show notes. And finally, to help others find this podcast and reach as many people with endo as possible, please leave a review and please share with your friends and family and subscribe.